book of Jonah, chapter number 1. book of Jonah, chapter number 1. I certainly desire your prayers tonight that the Lord would help me. And this seems a little different for me. But the Lord's really been dealing my heart about this over the last couple of days. And my heart's been really, really heavy for this message, for this thought, for this hour. And I was going to deal with this this morning and would have if the Lord had allowed me to, but with what the work the Lord was doing, we tried to be sensitive to it and appreciate His business being done in our hearts this morning. He never would allow me to to go forward, and I feel like He wants us to tonight. And so I need your prayers that God will help me. I don't know how much preaching I'll do, but I'm going to be obedient as best I can to the leadership of the Spirit of God. I'm going to read the entire book. I know that seems like a lot of reading. It's about 40-something verses. There's really about a, you know, in most cases, a chapter or two worth in the entire books. Four fairly short chapters, but I really feel compelled to read it all. And I'm going to ask you to stand just for a few minutes, and I'll read through it as quickly as I can. And uh, you pray that the Lord will help us tonight. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, For whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea rawed and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. 
Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from a raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the bed of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me in the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, And cast out thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever, yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne. He laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. He caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be clothed with sackcloth. Cry mightily unto God, yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent, turn away from his fierce anger that would perish not? God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled, from, I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. 
And there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said it is better for me to die than to live. God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? He said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach tonight and ask you a question on how are you handling your Nineveh? How are you handling your Nineveh? Most all the preaching in my life that I've heard from the book of Jonah, especially concerning a Nineveh, has almost always been directed to preachers. Most of the time, seemingly directed to maybe somebody who is running or trying to get out of the call to preach. Or not satisfied with where in their preaching that God has placed them or put them. Or struggling with where God has placed them to minister in their life. And that's the majority of the preaching that I've heard in my lifetime from the book of Jonah. But the reality is that every child of God has a Nineveh. It's not just for preachers to have a Nineveh. But every child of God, man, woman, boy, or girl, if you're saved and under the sound of my voice tonight, you have a Nineveh. A place where God wants you to be. A place where God has designed for you to serve Him in that capacity. We often think that pastoring a church or preaching the gospel are the only Ninevehs that are out there. But that's untrue. Being the head of your house as the leader, as the man, the spiritual leader of your house is a Nineveh. Of being a mother, a wife, a homemaker is a Nineveh. Uh, training up your children in the way they should go is a Nineveh. Of uh, being a witness in the place where God has placed you to work in this world can be your Nineveh. And so I want to know tonight based upon 
where God wants you. And I'm not preaching to anybody tonight that's struggling to know where your enemy is. God has reassured me and spoke very clearly and plainly into my heart and let me know that there's somebody here tonight that you know exactly where your enemy is but you're not handling it the way you ought to handle it. I've heard preaching all my life and I'm not against, I'm not preaching against other preaching, but the Lord has really made some things very clear and plain to me over the last few days. I've heard people make their statement, if you don't do it, somebody else will. But that's contrary to your Nineveh. If you don't do it, nobody will. If that was the case, then God would have found somebody else when Jonah fled to Tarshish. But God did not. He stopped Jonah on his way, prepared to put a roadblock in Jonah's life, prepared the wind, prepared the fish, took Jonah, according to Jonah's testimony, to the belly of hell. He made it to where Jonah submitted to go where God wanted him to go. There's nobody else that can handle your Nineveh. There, your Nineveh was designed for you. Nineveh was designed for Jonah. The call of God was on Jonah to preach to Nineveh. God didn't sidestep Jonah and call somebody else, but God called Jonah. And it was the will of God, and God was going to work in Jonah's life until Jonah submitted to the call of God on his life to go to his Nineveh. God's really been, I mean, my heart's been heavy for the last few days to ask you, how are you handling your Nineveh? Are you at home there? Are you settled in in your Nineveh? Only you can answer that. I can't answer that for you. I'm not trying to get you to do something beyond what you're doing, but I'm trying to preach to you what God has put on my heart, that there's somebody here that you need to do business, you need to get serious. God's dealing with you about how you're handling your Nineveh. Are you there? Are you at home there? Are you even headed in that direction? Or are you like Jonah? Are you hiding? Are you hoping that maybe God will forget about Nineveh? That maybe God will change His mind about Nineveh? I don't know what all went through the mind of Jonah. But I really believe that Jonah thought if I can go the opposite direction, if I can get as far away from Nineveh as I can get, maybe God will forget and maybe God will change his mind about what he's dealt with me about. And I really believe with all that's in me. Now I'm trying to be real sensitive and real cautious. But I believe with all that's in me that I'm preaching to women and men tonight. That God is dealing with you about your Nineveh. And how you're handling it. 
and you're worried. I don't know. The Bible does not tell us. All it tells us is that Jonah didn't want to go. But when Jonah did go, he wasn't happy about going. I don't know what was going through the mind of Jonah. I do understand that Jonah knew that God was, he said it himself, that he was a merciful God, that he was gracious and slow to anger and of great mercy and great kindness and that he would repent. He was afraid that the children of Israel in the shape they're in I wouldn't even hear God and wouldn't repent and here's this heathen nation and he knew that the message of God came they would repent they would repent but God had a purpose God had a purpose and reading the scripture I really believe, and I'm just going to preach what's on my heart tonight, and I'm not going to be very long. We're going to go. I think God revealed to Jonah his purpose in the end. In verse number 11 of chapter number 4, he said, in verse number 10, he said, you had pity on the gourd. He said, it grew in a night and it died in a night. And you had pity on it. You cared about it. You wept more and got more upset about a gourd that was alive for a day than you are about this great city. And all Jonah could, Jonah had a focus problem. Uh, Jonah was afraid of what people would think about him. Uh, Jonah was afraid this was the Assyrian capital of the day. They were the enemies of the people of God. And Jonah thought, why in the world would God want me to walk in and preach to them and them to repent? What will my wife think? What will my parents think? Uh, what will my family think? What will my friends think if I go and do what God told me to do in Nineveh. They're wicked. That's all Jonah could see. And they were wicked. The same language is written about Nineveh. It said, their wickedness has come up before me. And that's the same language, the same word that God used about Sodom and Gomorrah when he spoke to Abraham. But God sent Jonah to Nineveh because he had a purpose. And I think his purpose is revealed in verse number 11. And I never had saw it like this before until I was reading and studying and praying. <coughs> asking the Lord to direct my thoughts. And the Lord said, should not, he got done with Jonah talking about this gourd. He said, should not I spare Nineveh, that great city. Now up to this point, all Jonah could focus on is what everybody else might think. What kind of people they are. How wicked they are. That's all that they hear. That's all everybody talks about when they talk about Nineveh. But the Lord said there are more than six score thousand persons. More than a hundred and twenty thousand persons that cannot discern their right hand from their left. Now I've heard it preached all my life. And I've heard preachers make the statement that Nineveh was so wicked and so engrossed in sin they couldn't tell right from left. But that's not what this verse means. What this verse means, if you study it and study the history of the days, is this is language that refers to infants and children. God said there are 120,000 children in Nineveh. And he said, I'll spare it for their sake. And if Jonah had not gone, what would have happened to the children? 
And that's what God has really burdened my heart with. He's doing it for the children's sake. He's given you your Nineveh for somebody's sake. And it could very well be your child or my child or the children of this church is why God has given you your Nineveh. And how are you handling it? Are you hiding from it? Are you hoping God finds somebody else? There he is. Nobody else. God designed it for you. And you alone. Are you having a hard time? These are the thoughts God put on my heart and I'm about done. Are you having a hard time? Coming to grips that this is your Nineveh. Jonah had a hard time. Jonah, in his own words, said he went to hell on earth because he would not go to Nineveh. He had a hard time. He went through the storm, was thrown overboard, was swallowed by the great fish, spent three days in the belly of the fish. He said the weeds wrapped around my head. I went to the bottom of the mountains. The bars of earth closed in around me. He said I was in the belly of hell. I was having a hard time of realizing and accepting the fact that I've got to go to Nineveh. And I'm not trying to be some prophet and tell you why you're going through what you're going through, but some of you may be going through the storms in your life because you won't accept the fact that you have an enemy. And God's making it hard on you. Because He wants you. There's no harder place. There is no more truth than hell on earth for a child of God who will not submit to the will of God for their life. Living outside the will of God, trying to hide and run from the will of God will be the hardest life you ever live. See, the reason Jonah was having such a hard time with it is it didn't make sense to him. It didn't make sense to Jonah. Why Nineveh? He said, let's go to Tarshish. That's the logical sense. That makes the most sense. Tarshish was popular. Everybody liked Tarshish. And the Bible speaks about their gold and their silver and their ornamental things, their apes and their peacocks and all the things that allured the flesh. And I'm not talking about sinful indulgence. I'm just saying that oftentimes we won't submit to the Nineveh because we're trying to make everything work out logically. And it don't work that way with God. Maybe the reason you're having such a hard time is you're trying to make it all work out. Maybe the reason you're having such a hard time is maybe you're like Jonah and you're worried about what everybody else thinks. You're worried about what your family may think. You're worried about what your friends may think. You're worried about what your husband or your wife or your parents or, or whoever. I don't know. I just know what God's touching my heart about and you're having a hard time. That thing, the best thing you can do is to submit to the fact that God has an enemy for you. And then be happy about it. God doesn't want you. Now God got the job done. But God don't desire you to go to your Nineveh like Jonah went to his. Jonah went, preached what God told him to preach. And then the Bible said it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry that the Lord spared the city. 
In your mind, you're reasoning out, if I go to Nineveh, it doesn't make any sense. It'll cause hardships. It'll cause burdens. It'll cause stress. I'll have to sacrifice. I'll have to do this. I'll have to do that. My family will have to do this. My family will have to do that. And you're laying bondage on you. You're laying a yoke on you, a burden on you you can't bear. And you're laying a burden on you that God doesn't intend for you to bear. You're putting yourself in bondage. And that's not the way God desires for you to serve in your Nineveh. It's not about bondage. But if you'll serve God and be happy to be there, you'll experience the greatest liberty you've ever had. And the greatest joy and contentment and satisfaction. If you'll just submit to God and deny yourself and go to Nineveh. Christian life was never supposed to be one of bondage. The Apostle Paul dealt with it in about every church he went to, especially the church at Galatia. He said there are some that have come in and they've laid the bondage, the yoke of the law back on you. And Peter addressed it in Acts chapter 15. He said you're laying a a bondage, a yoke, a burden upon these apostles and upon their converts that even Moses and our fathers couldn't bear. And I'm telling you there's a lot of pressure. And there's a lot of bondage that people of God are placing upon themselves. And there are a lot, of, a lot of pressures and a lot of bondage that other children of God are placing upon other children, that families are placed upon each other, that husbands and wives place upon... That's not the will of God. He wants you to be happy in your Nineveh, serving Him in liberty and joy and contentment and satisfaction. And the Lord said, I have a purpose. I did it for the children's sake. All night last night and all day today, after the ser- this morning before the service, after the service till we come back tonight, the Lord just kept rolling in my heart and rolling in my heart. He did it for the children's sake. And the Lord's been very gracious to us around this place and given us a bunch of children. And He may be calling you to your Nineveh for the children's sake. How are you handling your Nineveh? Whatever it is, I don't need to preach about what your Nineveh is. You already know what your Nineveh is. God has already been dealing with you about what your Nineveh is and about that you need to go. And it may require some sacrifice. It may require some unpopular decisions. It may require some cutting some lines and losing some friends. I don't know, but I know there's an end of it for you. And God's way for you is to go and to be happy about going and to be at peace and freedom. I mean, there is a liberty in being in the will of God that cannot be explained and cannot be uh, felt, cannot be experienced anywhere else but in the will of God. God said to ask you tonight, how are you handling your Nineveh? Whatever it is that God has dealt with you about, whatever your place is, your position, that God, it's not about a namely position, it's not about an authoritative position, it's not about an I-seen position, but it's about what God has dealt with your life about. What God has touched you with. The place God said, this is what I have made you to be. 
And the reality is when God formed Jonah in the womb of his mother, he had Nineveh in mind for him. You can believe that if you want to. But Paul said he separated him from his mother's womb to preach the gospel. I'm going to tell you, when you were created and born in this world, God had a purpose for you in mind. And He already had your Nineveh. And He's brought you to this place. Allowed you to go through the things you went through in your life to get you to your Nineveh. And I look back on my life, and me and another person were talking not long ago about the things that we had endured in the past and things we'd been through. And looking back now, I wouldn't trade any of them because it's got me to where I am today. And I believe with everything that's in me as I stand where I stand tonight that I'm in my Nineveh. God is working. God's honoring His Word. God's meeting with us. Not because of me, but because this is where it's supposed to be. And He's dealing with you tonight about your Nineveh. And he told me to ask you how you're handling it. What you need to do about it. Are you having a hard time? Are you trying to reason it all out and try to figure it all out? Are you waiting till it all makes sense to you in your mind? If you do that, you'll never go. You'll never go because it'll never make sense in your mind. But it will have peace in your heart if you'll obey God and go to your Nineveh. How are you handling your Nineveh? As we stand all over the house, I'm done. I don't know if you need to pray. I don't know if you need to 